0: Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Brain Buzz. Uh, before we get into today's episode, we want to let you know that we had a wonderful time recording with our guests. We had a lot of fun, had a, several good laughs. Uh, however, the content of today's episode is uh, is serious in nature, and as it is about archaeology, it does involve uh, human remains and remains of the deceased. Um, before we started the episode, we just want to acknowledge that, and we hope you enjoy. Friends, colleagues, and dusty old bones, welcome back to another episode of Brain Buzz. We are your hosts, I'm Kyle. And I'm Drake. Today I have the pleasure of introducing somebody who is uh, near and dear to my heart, and it's not Drake this time, (laughs) but in fact, uh, the very own, the incomparable, my sibling, Ellie. Ellie, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Thanks for sitting down with us. Hopefully uh, we can get through, you know, 45, an hour without any bickering, (laughs) as siblings do. Ellie, uh, well, we know who you are, sort of. Tell us who you are, where you're from, what you do.
1: So my name is Ellie. I am a PhD student at Simon Fraser University. I do research under the Department of Archaeology. And so therefore, I'm an archaeologist. <laughs> it's uh, one of those things that you tell people and they think it's the coolest thing. Mm-hmm. And they're instantly like Indiana Jones. And you're like, <laughs> Not really. Like yeah. I, sit in my, I sit in my office a lot of the time and crunch data. No whips. <laughs> I know. Damn. People are like, you got the hat? I'm like, no, I don't have the hat either.
0: <laughs> we should get you a prop hat. Maybe that's what I'll get you for your birthday.
2: Yeah. Instead of a diploma hat, then yeah, the, yeah. End, they just yeah. Get the Indiana Jones hat. Yes, that
0: would be a killer.
2: That would be great. <laughs> that's all oh, about. Reinforcing stereotypes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and... and the tassel,
0: like once you graduate, <laughs> it goes from the right side to the left side. But this time, it's a whip, and you get to carry the whip on either hey the man. right or the
2: left side. And hey man, you're thinking a lot about man. this. Man, oh, yikes! <laughs>
0: All right, well, we'll, so, tr- we'll yeah. try and avoid some of the stereotypes about archaeologists, and I think that's uh, maybe something that we can get into yeah. as we discuss archaeology and what you do and, and everything that goes on in it. Uh, we'll hopefully get to
2: understand what an archaeologist actually does. Yeah, let's uh let's jump into it, Ellie. Um, what are we going to be learning today about archaeology, specifically in your area?
1: Today, we're going to learn a lot about how archaeologists can take data from the past and really help get at questions that we might have a loose understanding about from history, but we approach it in a really different manner than a lot of other fields. Um, myself, I identify as an archaeologist, but also as a physical anthropologist because I do work with human remains, and that's the mainstay of my research. So I'm able to look at aspects of past lives, populations um, from a very different point of view than a lot of people.
2: Hmm. Yeah, I mean definitely a different view than anybody that I've ever <laughs> yeah. no one I've met has actually <laughs> yeah. done that. So that's really cool. Um so we're gonna be basically talking about human remains and, and you talking about how they live their lives more or less. So
1: a lot of my research has been based in looking at how juvenile growth and development happens. So I draw on a lot of uh biological theories and perspectives and knowledge of how bone develops, how children grow, and what can change that expected rate of growth in a child and we use that to make inferences on what the population was experiencing at the time so a lot of the things i look at are what were these people eating in the past what was their nutrition like because nutrition is a huge impact um, or has a huge impact on how someone's going to develop and grow. Mm. So I have to dig up, I work in, sorry, pardon the pun. I have <laughs> to dig up data on all sorts of things. I work in medieval Portugal. That's the time frame I work within. So I'm lucky in the sense that there is a historical aspect. There's written documents from that time. Um, but we also use the archaeological records. So I'm drawing on people who have done research and they're telling me what kind of farming implements they had, what they were growing, and then also what the... I was reading medieval agrarian economics to find out what they were growing and what they were selling.
2: Right. Yeah. I was, I was just going to say, like, how do you know what they're they're eating? Right. What they're consuming? I guess at those times, it's basically whatever the farm near them has and they're eating those. And that's what they're consuming. Right.
1: In the town I do my research in for my master's, yes, um, it was a major agricultural center. so um it's reasonable to understand that they would be drawing on local resources because right. they had everything they needed there Yeah.
2: so what's the sorry what's the actual time frame that you're working okay. within here that you're like the bones that you're working with
1: so i'm working with uh remains of people who were living um from about the 8th century to the 15th century give or take a little bit of time on either side
2: yeah that's a very so, large span of time so too, seven right? to 1400
1: um we might round it up to the 16th century yeah kind of okay. it's a little tricky to find out um when you're working with. Remains sometimes when there isn't good records of churches when that church cemetery stopped being used So there is a bit of a buffer of like we think it stopped then, but I don't have radiocarbon dates for the site So I don't know for sure how old it exactly is. I can't give you a year date
0: So we're talking about juvenile bone growth and, and juvenile development. What is the point of knowing this?
1: Basically what I want to get at is What factors from the person's social and physical environment influenced? population stress and therefore how children were growing at the time. I'm working in a really interesting dynamic period of Portuguese history where the first half of this time that I mentioned was actually an Islamic population. So mm-hmm. this is known as Alan andalus a lot in historical perspectives. Um, so this is where people had come from North Africa and elsewhere and came into what is now Spain and Portugal and lived there till the 12th century more uh, for, for the majority of it. Um, mm-hmm. There is some back and forth with Uh, Catholic Christians coming down and forcing them out and so they go back and forth for a couple centuries but um, what's really (laughs) interesting (laughs) there's there's a bit of historical turmoil there Um, but what's really interesting is when Islamic people arrived in Portugal they brought in a whole array of new developments including new agricultural resources irrigation systems Mm. they also were practicing a form of medicine that hadn't been seen Um, Before that they drew a lot on Greek and Roman perspectives, but also concepts like checking in with your patient and bedside care and understanding disease and patterns and so hygiene was emphasized and things like that that um, Europe is often seen as like a dark ages at that time So this was a very different perspective and way of life. And then once uh, Portugal was conquered by the Catholics things shifted Mm. and so my interest is how major cultural change can impact
2: your health I mean a big issue with psychology is like often we're using self-report right we're asking people how they're feeling or what they were eating or what they've been doing sure and this observation like the ability to observe things is a lot different uh, when you're just looking at bones (laughs) so so when you're when you're looking at, I mean so before we get deep into your research questions which I think we're we're going to do soon um, I kind of want to ask a couple of just broad questions about archaeology and how you kind of Test these things, or how archaeologists go about like answering or knowing what bones are actually. <laughs> so I would see a bone in the in the backyard, and I'm like, I don't know if it's a dog bone, a human bone, a giraffe bone. I don't know. Not probably not a giraffe bone, cause we're in Canada. <laughs> but how do you, as an archaeologist, how do you know what you're looking at with a bone, like when it comes, if it if it comes from the sixth century versus the fifteenth century?
1: Well, part of it is the stratigraphy of the site, which just means basically when you're excavating an area, how deep is it in the ground, and what are you finding associated with it. So, luckily, this time, we have a good understanding of coins, and you can date the coins. So if you happen to find a, an individual, which happens in the Christian traditions, they're often buried with a coin of some sort. Okay. Um, you've got a pretty good idea, roughly, because someone else has already figured out when these coins were produced. So I can look at it, or and or read a report that says, oh, they found this with that. Therefore, we can assume it happened around then. Other indicators is the style of burial. So um, Islamic traditions in burial are different than Christian traditions. So the orientation and the position of the body can indicate what cultural group they were from and that can help us get at the time period. And then furthermore, um, I did mention before that we do have some church records from the later period. So we knew roughly when they were built. And so if you're finding someone buried just outside that church, that's an indication they were associated with the church.
2: Interesting. And so, what was that big word you just used you just threw out with yeah. the, the, the distance down I'm, i don't want to be the guy saying like how far down there yeah. in the ground but the tr- satigraphy satigraphy satrigraphy satrigraphy practice it a bit more satigraphy uh, uh, there you go uh, i don't know how i said that but i said it so there you sat- go. nailed um is basically how far down there so we're not it's not like uh my my first idea or my first inclination was that it's kind of like trees when you're looking at like like (laughs) the rings, you know, like is there some sort of like decay in the bones or something like that? Or like the quality of the bone?
1: Well, what you'll see is with the stratigraphy, you'll see lines of soil that'll change color basically. And that'll help. So as you go down, Mm -hmm. the deeper you get, you'll see different things and it'll help you figure that out. Um, Bone does weather basically over time when you bury an individual and they get to the skeletal state, which is what I will find when I'm coming to work with them. Um, They've gone through a lot of processes. So when you're um, when you're finding these elements, they've gone through they've gone through different seasons. They've gone through weathering. They have had water exposure to them. And in Portugal, uh, a lot of the soil is a limestone, so it's a very acidic um, soil. So that can cause um, an element of um, effects that you can see on the bone. Okay. Um, but then I'm working with things that have already been excavated by others, and I'm going to museums and working with their collections.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay.
0: So here's a question for you. We all, I, I'm sure we've all heard the phrase that you're buried six feet under, right? Mm. How do we know somebody wasn't just like, ah, three feet, good enough, toss them in. And and now as an archaeologist, you're coming across it and you're like, oh, well, there's obviously newer bones. It's not as deep. And you're like, well, actually,
2: no, it's just that. It's how, how deep are we talking, I guess? is it Yeah, that's a that... g- great question.
1: That's a tricky question. And that's why I wouldn't say, oh, they're this far deep. That's how yeah. old they must be, because in some cases these remains have been uncovered because they were building a road and they were digging down and all of a sudden they were like, there's something here. Mm -hmm. And so you've lost that element of knowing really how deep that was to start with. Um, So
2: we're going off of the basis of like being buried. So you can't, you're only going off the people that are buried. What about the people that were not like properly buried?
1: You're, you're thinking of things from a very Western six feet under tradition. So around the world, people had vastly different ways of handling and treating their dead and asking like where they go and a good instance of that is the paris catacombs so these were built because they were i believe expanding the city and they were digging up the cemeteries and they had to put these bones somewhere so they put them down under the ground in um in like old quarry sites Mm. i think and so there's i think i was there in the summer and i think they said something like six million individuals were Relocated from their original burial space to the catacombs, so they're there. They're just really far under the street, and you didn't know they were there to start That's, with. Yeah,
2: I've seen horror movies on that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yep, that <laughs> yeah, that checks out. What was that movie called? Uh, it was, uh, as as below. We watched it as our bad archaeology movie night. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> uh, as as above, so below, I think is what it's called. Mm-hmm. right? As above, so below. Very weird movie. I liked it. <laughs> I liked it. But that was my first exposure to the catacombs that you're talking about. And an, an archaeologist. Cool. Yeah, I'm the sure main you
1: character. Are quote-unquote, yeah. was an archaeologist.
2: <laughs> and I'm sure there's a bunch of <laughs> bastardizations of an yeah, yeah. 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 Ellie,
0: let's, let's really sort of dive into the research question here. and um, What we're really interested in, if I've understood correctly up to this point, is how sort of cultural and social factors impact human development and growth. Would that be a fair... Yes. Specifically oh, uh, children. Yeah, yeah. juvenile, juvenile, juvenile yeah. development. Yeah. Okay. So with that in mind...
2: Oh, I have a question before that. It's, it's literally on this topic. Okay, yeah, go for it. Does milk make <laughs> your bones stronger as <laughs> a child? I am not a bone biologist. Um, I think big dairies are to get us. Like, mean, all these kids are
0: lactose intolerant because yeah. I'll have to milk. say,
1: like that. Like, I have friends that know so much about bone mineralization and all those things, and that's not. I'm not a biologist. Yeah. I have an undergraduate and a master's degree in archaeology, and I am drawing on and constantly learning. They can't be all lies. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's always a sliver of yeah, truth there. It's like there someone somewhere. drank a lot
2: of milk and they had yeah. strong bones. So, I'm yeah, like, you yeah, would be like him. Yes, calcium is important. Yeah. <laughs> Schwarzenegger is just like yeah. ripped because he's just drinking milk all the time. Yeah, I definitely think I'm, I'm like drinking the Kool-Aid on that one. Anyway, yeah. Uh, yeah, that was my tangential question. I had to ask. You work with bones, I had to ask it. So okay. so let's kind of dig into your results like what how oh. did you test it how, <laughs> yeah. what did you find like
1: So my methods were mostly um taking bones I was looking at long bones so those are the ones that are um in your legs and in your arms okay. so your femur and your humerus are probably the ones everyone knows best the other ones have names that you guys <laughs> might not know but that's okay
2: um I so- bone that's the only one I know yeah, collarbone, <laughs> connected to your knee <laughs> bone. Yeah. Oh no. Um,
1: yeah. So I was measuring the length of these bones, and I was also taking X-rays of teeth. And so from that, I was able to calculate the age of the child based on dental development and how basically how much their teeth had grown for their. And
2: that makes a lot
0: of sense to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, so what you would do is you take these measurements, mm-hmm. and then you're comparing it against some other sample that we know approximate ages of yes so
1: there was a longitudinal growth health study done in the states i believe in the 1950s and it's um, often referred to as the denver growth study and that was a study where they measured basically they took x-rays of children and measured the length of their bones at set points in their growth and so i can take that and use it as what's expected growth for that age and compare it to the individual i'm working with and seeing were they meeting those attained growth targets or not.
2: Mm, this is cool. This is actually yeah. uh, more or less a control group. And an yeah, experimental yeah, it's group, a right? great control group. Yeah, yeah, Cause it's like, Hey, we have this uh, control as in like, this is the healthy, a healthy yeah, a- aged child. And then we're looking at whether or not the ones in the, the, the bones that you're looking at are less like smaller, different in some form. Now, That's interesting.
0: A uh, question again, this is to help sort of satiate the skeptics out there because we always hear that, or, um, you know, we, we hear that, oh, you know, the hum, human population is averaging growth in terms of their overall size. They're getting bigger over historical periods, right? Like, apparently Napoleon, though short, was not that short for his time period. So how do you factor that into your statistical calculations and your, your analysis?
1: Well, that's exactly it. I am able to look at, well, we'll work with the femur because that's a bone that most people know. It's yep, the big sure. bone in your leg. Um, I'm able to look- Connecting
0: your hip to your knee yes okay great
1: so I'm able to look at the femur and compare femurs of children that lived in different time periods through medieval Portuguese history and compare it to modern populations and I'm able to um, when I group them together I can have enough data to actually compare it and I can get at if they are as a population growing the way we would expect a healthy child to grow or healthy children to grow and from that if we see they are not meeting their attained growth expectations, there is a reason that's happening. And if it's happening widely and significantly, there's a reason that's happening. And so taking pulling on the archaeological and the historical side of things, um, I'm able to look at what records say were happening at that time and connect the biological dots to the historical archaeological dots.
0: Interesting. I think that's really cool because, Drake, we try and avoid doing that in, in many ways. So... You know, we we might collect some behavioral measure, but we're always trying to tie it back to some observable, quantifiable action. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, so it's really interesting to, to actually be in a point where we're like, well, there's no way that we can actually make those connections the way that you and I would today in terms of a field where we're dealing with a living human. Mm-hmm. Um and so I, I find it that's a really fascinating way of actually getting at some of these deeper questions that we we couldn't possibly otherwise know the answer to.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And so w- have we really? Like, I don't think we have really talked about the actual results or no, what you not, found, right? So, lying. so what what did you find? I mean, what did you find, or what were the are conclusions? Drake I, are Drake and I correct
0: in our belief that these uh, these periods of upheaval have affected juvenile development?
1: That's what you would think. <laughs>
0: That's what we no. don't think. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: no. Now, there are two caveats to this statement. Yeah. My master's thesis sample size was not as much as I would have loved, obviously. No sample size is ever what you would like. Yeah. And so part of my PhD is expanding that to actually try and look at some of these patterns. Because when I was looking at the data, I would see that during the Islamic period, as we saw improving things like what they were growing and hygiene and um, hand washing and urbanization and all these things, you see people getting overall taller or their bones were getting longer.
2: Right, so the kids were growing faster. The kids
1: were growing closer to what you would expect or think you'd seen a healthy population. Right. Then when the Christian period came in, we saw a decrease. So we saw a change where children were not getting as tall as we thought they were and they were doing worse than the Islamic children. Hmm. Unfortunately, none of these results were significant. Okay. So overall, what I found was Significance wise, all children that I looked at, or when I massed the populations on average, they were not meeting expected growth.
2: Okay, so none of them were really none of
1: them were meeting wrong. expected growth, but like, there was not a, de- a there was not a difference between the populations.
0: Right. Can that be attributed, or could that be attributed to again just the difference in time periods?
1: Probably not, because um, in the sense that different times, because we're, I'm working in one town, mm-hmm. so environmental factors such as access to water and things like that didn't change really. Mm -hmm. There is a big river They had an agricultural Delta and these things were really well recorded in history Um, So we think it's more of the social environment that would have caused these changes but what I'm curious about is perhaps we didn't see it get that much worse is because although on the large scale some parts of Islamic perspectives and traditions were left behind perhaps enough stayed with the population to buffer Against the stress, hmm. because in the Christian period there was the, the plague came through, there was epidemics, there was warfare, so you'd think things would get worse, mm. but they didn't appear that way
2: they were just always bad they were always yeah. bad <laughs> so I mean bummer, the level of social stress I mean it's I guess this is the hard thing too to ask would be I mean what what is more stressful I mean at any time point like there's going to be stressors that are going around yeah. within their culture or within their society and so is that cultural shift really enough
1: well based on modern health data we know that um children who there was a really good study done where children that came um as migrants to the um to the united states within one and two generations there was they were meeting attained growth so we do know that it's a very it can be a very quick turnaround of um shifting culture and shifting access to things and just the shifting access to the social environment and how you're interacting with that and that causing an effect.
2: Interesting within one or two generations it can change the growth of like juvenile bones, like juvenile bone growth can change. Yes. That's, that's insane. I, I, but, I would yeah. never thought that.
0: Well, uh, yeah. And I, uh, you know, I don't, I don't want to be a skeptic in any way, because I think the research is amazing, but I think it's, it what makes it fascinating to me is that almost with everything that we've found or everything that we've talked about to this point, more questions have popped into my head. And that, to me, is what makes science fun. That's what I love. Um, Because, you know, one of the things that, you know, we could immediately go back to is, okay, well, it's hard to know exactly how old the bones were in the first place. Right? Mm -hmm. And so we could say, okay, well, uh, given the fact that these bones were found here, and somebody with, you know, much smarter brain than myself and a lot more education is able to say, okay, well, these are Islamic period bones, and these ones are Christian period bones, and we know that for sure. But even then you're like, okay, but we don't know really how closely related to that shift it was. And so there's a lot of opportunity for interpretation there, I guess is what I'm getting to.
1: And what you have to remember in archaeology, I'm never looking at the perfect sample. I'm looking Mm -hmm. at, I only get the trickle down effect of who died, who they were, where they were buried, if the bones survived, what was actually excavated, because a lot of the time You know, there's going to be more things to the right or to the left, but you're not doing that, so you're only going in your area, and so I'm only ending up with that narrowing of a sample, Mm -hmm. and so definitely you know that you aren't working with the entire picture.
0: Yeah. Well, certainly. I mean, if again, go back to your sample size. You have a sample size of I don't know how many, but let's for argument's sake, you say 100. Doesn't matter,
2: right? Like even how many femurs, like I guess how many femurs are you working with? Yeah. In the end, like that's are you? I mean simplifying it obviously but like how many long bones are
0: you working with yeah but even like even if you had a thousand that's still probably nowhere close to the number it's a drop in the bucket yeah yeah Yeah, absolutely. absolutely
1: so the major implications of what my master's research found was that we saw these trends but couldn't actually say much about them so a big part of my phd research is going to be expanding my sample size to hopefully try and get at are these trends just trends or are they actually signaling something more significant? Um, so I'm going to be expanding sample by area in Portugal by, um, age range. I'm not just looking at children anymore. I'll get adults as well. And looking at more features that can indicate stress, um, such as, um, lines in your teeth. So basically, um, if you're that stressed when you're a child and your adult teeth are forming, your enamel will stop forming on your teeth. And when your teeth erupt, you'll end up with a line across your teeth. And so it's called an uh, enamel defect and that's something that I can look for and count how many a person has and get a better sense of how many episodes of stress did this person go through in their childhood
2: that's uh, that's uh, that's yeah. completely new to me that that that's reminds cool me of like when i said talking with the tree the lines and <laughs> the rings in the trees yeah so we're doing that my far teeth. off yeah, was, yeah you know what yeah. something's going on up here yeah <laughs> uh so that's that's really cool ellie uh, it's a really interesting topic new new to us uh, yeah. not new to kyle obviously because I'm, I'm sure wow. he's heard it a couple of times uh. Uh, across the dinner table but <laughs> um <laughs> so so before we go into the brain break quick um i kind of want to talk about like the implications of your work because um we have it kind of easy as psychologists to be like, usually our work is like, okay, well, we're working with humans right now. And this is why it's important. But mm-hmm. I think the, the interesting thing about archaeology is talking about the past and looking into the past. Is it just about the past or is there something that is like going to impact us in the future? Or like, is there some sort of implications that happen uh, or that are going to happen in the future due to your work?
1: Yeah, I um, try and think about those sorts of questions as well. So in an archaeological perspective, I'm actually working within a time frame in history that isn't well written, well studied. In in archaeology, looking at human remains in medieval Portugal or medieval Spain and Portugal, it's fairly understudied in the Islamic period. So I'm able to kind of delve into research that not a lot of people have done, which is always really exciting. Um, and furthermore, working with the Islamic period, um, I I feel like, especially in today's global situation and global environment, um, trying to address the political economics of religion in the past can be used as a tool to combat religious intolerance today so there's that about how how archaeology can help with today is showing showing something really interesting about the past and say hey look learn something from this and see how you can use it in your life today and also um with migration of people today we have people changing environments all the time and population stress still exists. And so I'm able to look at populations that have existed in the past and say, hey, you're, this population is stressed. This is what we're seeing. Are we seeing this today?
2: Great. So that was really interesting, Elliot. I really appreciate you coming on to talk about your work. We're going into the second half now. So uh, we're going to do our brain break. We're going to do our rapid fire questions. And then we're going to go into mis-misconceptions and, and the usual shebang. But uh, I think we're also going to ask a couple questions at the, uh, at the end of the episode about what it is like to actually do the work that you're doing. Because we don't know what the heck are archaeologists (laughs) do
0: it's very different from anything we've ever talked about um uh, like i'm just assuming it is yeah um and on top of that we've never had this opportunity to talk to an archaeologist before so absolutely why not why not find out yep All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to a uh, little bit of a brain break. We're here to ask Ellie some rapid-fire questions. So Ellie, are you ready? Yes. Uh, Drake, do you want to start us off or shall I ask the first question of this rapid-fire brain break? Because I got one. I got, uh, one I got one for you. Okay, go. Okay. Favorite sibling. <laughs> oh, I have two. I not I got half. My, my, my question was uh, <laughs> favorite brother. Well, that was easier. That's not as easy as... I guess it has to be Kyle Default full answer. Uh, Ellie? Seeing as we're siblings, um, what is your favorite meal that mom cooks for us?
1: Ooh. um, Meal or like item? This is
0: supposed to be rapid fire, oh, so sorry. you're really, really deviating from this point here. You just
2: got to say she it. She
1: makes a mean omelet, I'm not going to lie. Oh,
2: the omelets are very good. <laughs> well, I'm going to have to come over Go to for... Mama Goodrum's hey. place sometime. I yeah, will have you over. <laughs> yeah, she'll have you over. She'll make you an omelet. Um, All right. Since you go on a lot of... Uh, I mean, you move around on your work. What's your favorite place you visited? Uh, favorite city?
1: In Portugal, Porto is very cool. Mm. It's in the north. It's where Port One is produced. So that's the name Porto, if people recognize the name. Mm. Um, it's just a really cool, hip city.
0: Maybe you can clear this up in a, a syllable or two for us. What is the difference between archaeology and anthropology?
1: Ooh. That's a, that's a theoretical question. Basically... <laughs> Archaeology is one of the four branches of anthropology, um, and the four branches are cultural anthropology, linguistic anthropology, physical anthropology, also known as biological anthropology, and archaeology. So I'm kind of half archaeology, half physical anthropology.
2: Okay. Hmm, Interesting. Okay. Okay. What's a uh, I'm like. What, let's see if you know this. What's the difference between geography and geology? Geography. <laughs> uh,
1: well. <laughs> rapid fire. Now yeah. that we're talking about. Okay, so it. I let's think geology is the study of rocks and stuff like that.
2: So what's the difference between geology and archaeology?
1: Archaeologists. So there is geoarchaeology where okay. they study it, but archaeology always <laughs> has to do with interactions with humans.
2: Archaeology always has to do with humans. I didn't know that actually.
0: So is geoarchaeology like? Former mountains.
1: Geoarchaeology is going to look at basically, um, a lot of it might look at like, depositions of earth that are due to human interactions.
2: Oh, got you. Build gotcha, a gotcha.
0: berm or something.
2: Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, Depending on some animals. What's uh? What do you call people that uh, look at dinosaur bones then?
1: Not archaeologists.
2: What do you call them? Dinosaur people. No,
1: um, Ross.
2: What? Yeah, Ross Geller. Yeah, Ross Geller on friends. Him um,
1: they are paleo paleontologists. Ah, there it is. That's I I one would've... of the big myth, myth, myths and misconceptions of archaeology. Oh. And you made that oh, error shit. in the
2: first half, and I didn't say there anything. There it is. <laughs> but... That's, there it know. is. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't um, know what archaeology was uh, strictly about human remains. It's human or
1: hominid. So we can go a couple million years back, looking right. at some of our early ancestors. But it's okay. always within that
2: right. frame. Okay, Homo erectus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Homo sapien, Homo sapien. Even can you name? Can, yeah, how yeah. how many can you name? Those, those two, just those. Homo erectus, Homo sapien,
0: uh, Austro Close. What is Austriopithecus. Australopithecus? What what that means? So those I think were hominids.
1: No, those ones are the earliest ones. Oh, that's um, a, Well, it came before. It was before. If right. I was your TA for one thirty one, and I was to so right. <laughs> me. That's
0: fine. I'm still so right. I come in office. I'd off. Yeah. I'd argue in your office. That's fine.
1: <laughs> yeah. So basically. Some of the earliest hominids that you might be able to Wikipedia is Lucy. Lucy was an Australopithecus that lived about three
0: and a bit million years ago. Wasn't she found in some, like, German cave or something? No, not in oh. Germany. Um, at oh. that point, oh. Oh, who hominids afraid? were not out of
2: Africa. Where was she found? Where oh, in Africa. Africa, in Africa. evidently. Yeah. There you go. Fair enough. Germany, Africa. <laughs> <laughs> They're a little bit different. I mean, well, were the land masses uh, separated by this yeah. point? Yeah, that's uh, what was a uh, legitimate question. I, don't I know.
0: believe yes. <laughs> awesome okay well that will wrap up the brain break thanks everybody for tuning in Mm -hmm. um uh, we'll leave you with some beats and we'll come back and we'll hide into myths misconceptions and we'll honestly i'm most excited to get a sense as to what archaeology really is all about yeah
2: see you in 10 15 seconds
1: Welcome back from the Brain Break. This is Ellie. I have been the guest on today's episode of Brain Buzz, and we've been discussing what I do as an archaeologist. So, um, fire it back to Drake and Kyle.
2: Yeah, uh, Ellie. Um, so, dinosaur bones is not in the archae- archaeologist <laughs> repertoire. <Number> <laughs> I, think,
0: I think a really big myth that we should really tackle here is, you know... I think one of the things about being an archaeologist is that you get to punch a certain number of Nazis <laughs> while you search for the Holy Grail. Um, and so my question is, how many have you punched, and have you ever found the Holy Grail?
1: Well, Indiana Jones, man. That <laughs> series, everyone, that's what they say when you say you're an archaeologist. Like, Indiana Jones, Indiana Jones. And, I mean, that would be sweet, but, like, that's not how life is. Mm.
0: Yeah. The first, uh, like, the trilogy, not the ones with Shia LaBelle. no.
1: And no, once they got on well, I mean the first you the had of like
0: Doom was bad.
1: Yeah, they that all had some supernatural element, but once they got into the full on aliens, I start to cringe because yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a bit of a. Well, at, at that point, gem. are
0: you, are you doing archaeology or is it more like?
1: It's like the guy on astrolog- art- like yeah. I don't even
0: know who do you call? Who do you call if you found an alien? Well, that's what H.A.L.U.S. Like, like, is. Like, there's Ghost a whole show seat. about it on TV. Yeah. <laughs> Who are you going to call? Ghostbusters. <laughs> 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 yeah, uh,
2: can we talk about myths? Is that, <laughs> is that possible? Yeah, We've we, we, we talked about myths. I don't know what you're talking so, about. So I clearly screwed the pooch on that. Thought that archaeology was just about bones. So it's not actually about bones. It's, it's about human remains. Specifically human remains.
1: Um, that's my archaeology, form right. of archaeology. Archaeology overall is the study of humans in the past is the best way to describe it so whether you our like descendants me, yeah yeah so whether you're like me who actually studies the bones of these past humans or you are like we're talking about with geoarchaeology you're looking at say a hearth that someone at some point had a fire there mm-hmm. um or other people that? might be looking at lithics um which are rocks and a lot of what you might see in some areas of the world are like Kyle said a lithic so like a an arrow tip or something like that or a knife blade
0: okay not to be confused with hieroglyphics.
2: No, but those are also archaeology. Right. So art and stuff like that are also part of... Yeah. How far
0: back do we have to go for it to become archaeology? Like, I couldn't just go out into the backyard and start digging around and be like, Oh, look, I found... I, I, I buried some shit yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, wow. people
1: do historical archaeology, so you might be looking at things that are 50 years in the past. But um, a lot of people uh, definitely study older things than that, for right. sure.
0: Yeah. So... So just to kind of put it into perspective, the year is twenty nineteen.
1: Not archaeology, really.
0: Not archaeology, but if we went back to say nineteen sixty nine,
1: potentially, you... yeah. I mean, people study the, like the evolution f- of the tin can or the beer can, actually. Too. Oh, I wow. know someone that studies that in their. Beer so can
2: we gotta have that person on the show. Yeah. But the beer cans, yeah, yeah beer that cans. would be that would we have to get a beer sponsor or do it in a brewery? <laughs> yeah, we would really. <laughs> These are more like just. Us not knowing anything about archaeology, more yeah. than myths, right? And so I think that's kind of, for me, it seems like maybe a generate would take a generation or or whatever you're looking at. I guess yeah, the evolution of beer cans. Whenever something comes into existence, then you can start looking at it, right?
0: See, see, what I think is neat is that often we go into these myths and misconception periods with former guests, yeah, and we're like, we know that's bullshit, yeah, or maybe maybe we don't know that, but we, yeah, we're intuiting that, yeah, 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 um, uh, not least because we've asked them to come up with a myth that we'll talk about, but because. We're educated enough to know, like, okay, well, that's probably not true. But here, we're actually diving into an area where we really don't know anything about anything. Yeah. And so,
2: I think we're we resemble much more closely everybody else. Everybody I, else walking down the street. We're very, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we're in the same shoes for sure. I, I think that's cool. We don't that's have fun. our psych hats to kind of our like our yeah, to, to yeah rest on. Right. We can't yeah. just rest on the fact that we know psychology. Yeah. So so what are other myths then, Ellie? Because we've talked about mine. <laughs> <laughs> my mis- misconception or my myth that, that we just busted so are there any others that you find are prevalent in your area
1: well we covered aliens you covered dinosaurs those are like the two of the bigger ones
2: okay so so wait <laughs> well hold on a second we didn't really touch on the aliens enough in my yeah. opinion so i have, questions have about this. has is there research in archaeology um about alien bones
0: i've never seen <laughs> a publication about that is uh, it classified those yeah, classified I'll documents classified. that
2: you can't access what about archaeology old, around area 51 oh yeah can well, you dig how, up area how, 51?
1: how close uh, can you get to that uh, without no,
2: getting shot no. not very close yeah <laughs> a few miles
0: <laughs> how how far back would an alien bone need to be for <laughs> to be archaeology, archaeology? <laughs> 50-ish years yeah, 50 okay years. we're, we're yeah. going way <laughs> we're off,
2: off base route. now so we talked about the myths those are interesting and i think that i perpetuated it today and i think that it's good now to kind of get you on and talk about these new areas i think i think that maybe maybe the way to wrap all this up for
0: for you and i drake and for everybody that's uh listening at home is uh and ellie interject when you feel appropriate here but there are a lot of, just like any other field of research or science, there's going to be myths that are perpetuated. And sometimes in archaeology, maybe they're a little bit more harmless in that, okay, Ellie doesn't walk around with her Indiana Jones hat on and mm-hmm. a whip. Um, but that's in no way to discredit the science that's being done. It's, it's very interesting. It's very fascinating. And there's certainly a lot of work to be done there. And I, I just, I think that that's really cool. And, and with every area of, of science and research, myths sort of <laughs> sprout off. Almost, and they just become their own thing that we have to we have to address mm-hmm. in our field.
1: Definitely, and I think um, like psychology, archaeology has that um, very diverse array of things that you can actually study. So when you guys say, "Oh, I'm a psychologist," people are going to assume all sorts of things.
0: Yeah, um, they assume that we can read their minds and that we, well, anyway, read yeah,
1: read their minds. Yeah, and so like that in archaeology, there's a vast array of things that people can study with all sorts of different ways to get at the parts in the past that they're interested in asking questions about and not every person uses the same set of skills or the same set of tools to get there mm. um but we definitely don't all wear indiana jones hats <laughs>
2: <It's> confirmed
0: <laughs> to a few of you though no have you, have you ever met one with a whip
1: no
2: okay yeah,
1: sad so like yeah sorry to burst that bubble
2: I know more people, more researchers <laughs> with whips. Oh, great! <laughs> um right. talking about that part of your life. <laughs> So, going in, going away from the myths and misconceptions. Now, do you have any cool facts that you want to talk about, Ellie? Really?
1: I think something that's really cool, which I think a lot of people don't realize, is pop quiz for you guys. How many bones is there in the human body?
2: You, you, there's like up. a there's like a hundred in a hand or something, isn't there? Like <laughs> I don't I've, I don't know anything about the. Human I'm going body.
0: 173.
2: I'm going with like five Hondo. There. <laughs> the that would be so funny, funny a, of it. I've broken a lot of bones, so there's fragments. Oh, in. sure. <laughs> actually, that's a very good loophole. Nice. What's really? Cool. let i I'll say yeah. two hundred. Okay. Okay.
1: okay, you're really close. There's actually in the adult skeleton.
0: 205. It's well, two o five. You don't get second guess. It's
1: two o six. Usually, <laughs> okay. but. Certain people can be born with extra ribs, missing ribs, all sorts of different things like that. But also when you're born, you are born with over 300 bones. And as you grow, they actually will fuse together to make the bones you have as an adult.
2: That's really cool. You're counting teeth as bones too, right? Yes. So so if someone has one tooth, How many, <laughs> do they, do they, no Kate, how many teeth do you have as so, an adult? Uh, <laughs> I'm just saying I am from the country and I've seen a lot of people no. with like two teeth. So great, that means they're great. now at, like have, they're uh, like hundred and eighty something. Well some people
1: yeah. also just like are missing teeth. That happens. You, yeah. I've also seen Hockey individuals players. that had extra teeth. Yeah, absolutely. And it happens.
2: So the two hundred and six includes Is, all all individual teeth. Yes. Yeah, okay. Good to know. So a hockey player average is about 200 bones. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah but, about right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're missing a few pearly whites. <laughs> yeah. That's that's really cool. Okay, that's good to know. That's cool. So, uh, and when you have your wisdom teeth come in, you you gain two, and then you have to take them out. Interesting. Are those counted? As part those of are 206? counted as your normal set of bones. Interesting. So 204. Well, For, or two 20, if you take them out. 202. Most people would have 204 because of... 202. Oh, 202. if you take four out, yeah. Yeah. 202. Yeah, interesting. Um. Okay, so... That's a great. cool fact. That's actually a very cool fact. I don't awesome. know anything about bones I mean, or human bodies, So <laughs>
1: I've learned you get a lot of knowledge in different fields and it's uh. great for trivia night.
2: Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, the last thing that I wanted to talk, we wanted to talk about before uh, we wrap the episode up was you're doing unique work and you're in a different areas. So we want to get a kind of different perspective. Uh, we want to get your perspective on what it looks like to do research as an archaeologist, because yeah. Kyle and I, we go into our lab, we sit on our computer in our, our rooms with no windows in the dungeon and we write or we read. Or we just do some stats. Yeah, You talking about going to Portugal and all these things. So you travel a lot to do your work, imagine, right?
1: Yes. I have to travel to Portugal to collect my data um, because they're there. Yeah. Um, so part of the year is spent there collecting data. And then when I come back here, I spend time kind of like you guys in my office that doesn't have any windows to the outside. <laughs> and,
0: I've been to Ellie's office. It's worse than ours. <laughs> yeah, hey, I have a new office. Uh, so do I, Am I
2: nice?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Um, But yeah, no. So I spend part of the year there, actually collecting the data. So that involves measuring bones, X-raying bones. So I wear an X-ray jacket and do a lot kind of thing. Okay. And then when I'm back, I take all this data and I run it through stats, and I then process it all
0: and write them up. Yeah. Yeah. So Ellie, I have a rough estimate, vague rough estimate, but I know last year you rode town for a lot of the year.
1: And
2: I don't remember that. No, 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 but I'm I'm trying to get a sense. Like, so how often okay. are you? How, how often are you in Portugal then? So, like you said, <laughs> you go to Portugal. How often do you go there on a yearly basis? And like, I guess yeah, I would probably just to collect for? the data and then come back with yeah. it more or less.
1: Yeah. So I'm gone, um, you know, once a year until the data is all collected for my research, and then I'm back. And it depends on how long I need to be there for.
2: And you said, and you said earlier in the podcast, but uh, I kind of want to. Ask a little bit more. Where are you going when you go to Portugal? Like you said, you go to museums, you go to these places. I naively think you're just going into like a big sand lot and like dusting <laughs> off bones, but I know that's probably not the case. Well, Can you confirm that's not the case?
1: <laughs> yes. When I'm there um, for my master's, it was based in one city. And so I went to their archaeology museum where they had already excavated everything and they were sitting there um, in their collection waiting for me to be able to go study it.
2: Okay. And so what that collection looked like. Like, what was it, a big room with just a bunch of yeah, like, things in glass a boxes?
1: big or? room with um, crates. Okay. And there's rows of them. Okay. And so I so find like, out what oh. number this is in what crate, and I go find the crate, and then they help me get the crate down because they're stacked up quite high. And then I go to my table, and I take out the bag, and I then start collecting data from that individual.
0: So when you say collect data... Because for Drake and I, we have very different understandings of so what we understand. Use surveys, questionnaires, yeah, survey, like questionnaire. Or we use some behavioral met- method where they, you know, measure reaction time or something like that. What is what is collecting data like as an archaeologist?
1: So for me, um, collecting data is I have the set of remains. I lay them out. I take pictures of what I'm working with as a visual record of the individual, and then I go in and I have my Excel sheet and I put in all my identifiers so I can track what individual this is and where they're, what site they came from so I can yeah. me- put them in the right group later. And then I go in and I measure all the bones I need to measure. I take x-rays of bone and teeth and measure teeth if they're loose. And then I take photos of every single individual bone that I've measured or anything unique about them. And then I pack them all up and get the next one.
0: Interesting. So measurements you're talking like? Length measurements, yep. width measurements, or yep. so radial I, measurements.
1: I took um width measurements, length and length measurements of the bones at the um like the length of the whole bone and then the width at the um both ends of it. And then I also took measurements of the middle of the femur, but then also x rayed that. So I was also looking at um cortical bone growth.
2: Interesting. Awesome. Thanks so so much, Ellie. That was really it was really interesting to know a little bit more and now I've now I know a little bit about archaeology. It's kind of yeah. exciting. I can talk about bones now with other people and not feel like a complete idiot. We've hit the tip of the femur, Drake. <laughs> Please cut. <laughs> Please don't cut. We've this. hit the tip of the femur. No. Give <laughs> me the ice break. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay, well, now you we have, have no funny yeah, bones <laughs> to drink. Now we're going to wrap this up. <laughs> is the funny bone not... The funny bone is not even close the femur. The funny bone the is not a real bone. It's, yeah, it's a nerve. <laughs> on, everybody knows that. <laughs> all right, so um let's wrap this puppy up <laughs> kyle needs to go to bed <laughs> wow, wow. Uh, uh so awesome thanks so much ellie this is really fun um obviously kyle uh, loved having you on <laughs> <laughs> i, I have uh, okay. a sister on and the podcast is always exciting there's been, no bickering no 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 No, no. no bickering an hour 20 minutes new record so let's,
0: let's do a wrap-up we're gonna try let's and do a,
2: a drake and kyle wrap-up here oh. um this never happens everybody knows i do the wrap-ups <laughs> great listens <laughs> <laughs> always content i'm content to listen um so if you liked what you listened to today uh or what you what you've listened to previously on this on uh, on brain buzz podcast please go to our facebook twitter send us a like uh send us a follow do a little tweet, tweet. uh you can please send us a message <laughs> i'm keeping it i'm keeping this i like this it's so good tweet tweet no you keep going and then then i'll do it again hold on hold on Hold on. i'm doing this right i know you are we're supposed to be doing it together you're doing your best so we're tweet so tweet at us hard uh tweet at kyle god bless you tweet at me tweet at me we're on we're now on spotify chicka chicka check it out <laughs> Spotify we were really excited about that this is a new thing for us this year we were like really adamant of get, about getting on Spotify all of season 2 all of season 1 is available yep. on Spotify you can get them at Spotify you can get them on Apple Podcast or on Google Play um, and we're on Stitcher as well and other other platforms so yep. please check us out send us a, uh, give us a review uh, be honest if you don't like us that much be honest I, I want to hear it um, <laughs> I do too <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> leave your address so I can come fight you <laughs> Uh, those are all Those are like Completely hollow words <laughs> you know Yeah I'd never come <laughs> and fight somebody I'm a lover Not a fighter this The most That's hollow fair. threat I've ever heard <laughs> um, So this is The shortest wrap up uh, Ever And so Don't worry I'll do a recap No no we, we just did it all
0: Good night <laughs> Cheers <laughs> <laughs> If you enjoyed the show Leave us a review We're on iTunes uh, uh, Oh pardon Apple. me Apple Apple podcast He meant <laughs> He meant Apple podcast He meant Apple podcast, podcast Spotify And Google Play If you enjoyed the show, leave us a review on Apple Podcast, Google Play, and... Spotify. Newly added Spotify. Boom. Yes. Leave us a review. Leave us a handful of stars. Um, Let us know what you liked, maybe what you didn't. Uh, You can join us at brainbuzzpodcast.com where we've got episodes, a lot of previous episodes, including a link to bios, uh, a little bit more featuring on this current episode, including Ellie, how we get in touch with you, which is email perfect we'll have that on Ellie's little bio there yep. so you're welcome to drop her a line drop us a line let us know what you like didn't like and uh yeah this has been the weirdest sign off but it's it's, been, it's happening it's been so yeah
2: it's been good it's been all right uh and Nothing another thing to say, thing to say <laughs> would be just a fucking disaster just to add to this beautiful sign off uh would be <laughs> yeah. send us a tweet send us a tweet Send us a Facebook message. Let us know if there's any research that you're interested in or any topics you, you'd like us to talk about because we're also looking to doing some more roundtable episodes coming up where we're just talking about cool topics. Yep. So so let us know what's, what uh, new things you're interested in. Send us send us some new research. Send us some science that you're interested sure. in. That's Drake. And you're Kyle. And thanks for listening to Brain Buzz Podcast. Cheers. Cheers. There's like a there's like a hundred in a hand or something isn't there like I don't know I've I do not anything about the human I'm body going
0: hundred and seventy
2: three. I'm going with like five Hondo. There five is... hundred <laughs> the fuck? That would be so funny, just all a, of it. I've broken a lot of bones so there's fragments. Oh there. sure. <laughs> actually that's a very good ball. Nice. What's really I'd cool say two, I'll say yeah. two hundred. Yeah. Okay
1: yeah. you're really close. There's actually in the adult skeleton
2: 205. It's
1: well, two, you don't but, get second guesses it's, it's two oh six usually <laughs> okay. but Certain people yeah. can be born with extra ribs, missing ribs, yeah. all sorts of different things like that. And also, when you're born, <laughs> hi everyone, welcome back from your brain break. This is Ellie. I have been the host.
0: <laughs> I've been I've taking over the show. <laughs> god damn, god damn. It. <laughs> this is what happens when we
2: have two good arms on this yeah. fucking podcast. <laughs> yes. All right, this isn't the Good Room <laughs> Family Podcast. This is Brain Buds. Remember that, right?